0: Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to FedHeads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Carlos O'Tal. And for the commissioner, he's off commissioning.
1: <laughs> Even you're going to do this to me.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not an episode if you don't say commission and commissioner.
1: One of the things that is great about this podcast, Carlos, is that you, who are responsible for it being able to happen, are like the biggest fan. It's oh, great. I'm fanboy, right? you, You're like a geek and for so this. you just wait. So Robert, what does that mean? Well, you g- just you wait. I mean, you just wait, a, you see. Like, yeah, that may like. be a little threatening. I'm not sure how, <laughs> if I like the sound of that. Um, yeah. So a lot of things, a lot of moving parts here. You're here because Robert is on assignment, we'll say. Correct. Uh, and couldn't be at the Association of Government Accountants, mm-hmm. big shindig every year. It's, we're in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. And you're here for him instead, and it's wonderful yes. to, to see you. And I think uh, the next few episodes, yes. so this is going to be a good time, and uh, I don't know what we're going to do without the commissioner. We'll make it. Okay. It will All be right. nice when he comes mm-hmm. back. It's nice to have you here as well. Thank you. To talk about some of the things that are on the agenda here at AGA, our guest today is Doug Glenn. He is the Assistant Deputy Chief Financial Officer at the Department of Defense and is also a veteran of the Interior Department. It's great to see you, Doug. Thanks for coming.
2: Thank you, Francis.
1: Pleasure to be here. I want to start, I guess, just with that idea of what the difference is, in your view, from the civilian financial management world versus the defense financial management world, if there is one. What does that look like?
2: Actually, there is. And I'm happy to say this is an area that DOD is actually leading in. Hmm. I was very. I've been on the data visualization and analysis front for a while at Interior. Just part of that, hey, let's provide more information for decision making. Let's let's put our expenditure information out there for transparency and accountability uh, purposes for for taxpayers. Try and. Try and raise that perception or that stereotypical perceptions that uh, I think the public has of uh, civil servants. But when I got to DoD, there actually are some real data scientists there that are looking at uh, one of our one of our three uh, national defense strategies is reform, looking at how we do business, how do we support our war, war fighters, and are there better ways to do that? And data is really opening up some 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 insights. Uh, on how we can do that. A, a couple examples in, in point, we've looked at aircraft maintenance. What are the parts are we ordering? How long does it take to get them? What are the, uh, how long will those parts last in a plane? Ultimately, how long can we keep those planes in the air and out of the repair hangar? And as a result of that analysis, they're able to shorten the time that uh, uh, the planes are sitting in the hangar, unused, and that translates directly into operational readiness. Another example of with data and analysis that DOD has used is around the uh, uh, transportation command. They're flying different kinds of cargo planes around the, around the globe, carrying different types of cargo at different speeds, with different kinds of layovers. And when they looked at all those different variables and started mapping out different routes and different types of cargo and different types of planes, and then sometimes refueling in the air as opposed to carrying uh, twice the fuel load halfway around the planet, Ultimately, they were able to cost, uh, cut mm-hmm. fuel consumption, and save hundreds of millions, and that is just just good government. And that's with data and data visualization and, and providing mm-hmm. information.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how, how do you celebrate these successes, right? So, how do people learn about the good things that you guys are doing with data and evidence, and you know?
2: Anywhere and everywhere I can. <laughs> okay. uh, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, there. I think there is a stereotypical perception of the federal uh, civil mm-hmm. servant that just is, is not fair. Um, so things like yes. this, these conferences, every uh, journal article that mm-hmm. I can write to help publish and, and shamelessly brag about the good government that's out there, mm-hmm. I, I try to take advantage of.
0: So but there are differences, right, between defense and civilian. The lingo, right? I mean, a yes. mepper right? Have yes. you figured out what a MIPR is yet? Um, but. So what, were, what are some of the things, lessons learned or things that, you, that you've taken from civilian and brought over to DOD, some things that, you know, that they weren't doing and maybe vice versa? What are things that you're learning in DOD that you would um, recommend that civilian agencies look at?
2: Well, the civilian agencies, I definitely have carried over the fact that you need to, it's not just about having the data and and, and analyzing the data, it's how you visualize it. How do you communicate that information that's sitting in those terror and petabytes of -hmm. of data? There's no doubt that visualization tools and paying attention to the colors, the shapes, the proportions, and and how the eyes naturally flow over uh, over information accelerate the the rate and accuracy of, of comprehension. Uh, The thing that I learned at DOD that I would take back to the civilian agencies is not that it's, it's not trying to get additional value and information out of our financial data. It's about what is success? What are the performance metrics we should be tracking? And what is the data that would allow us to track and measure that and go after that data? Because one of the, and I've said this for years, one of the um, shortcomings of our industry is we're very good at reporting cost information. We're not very good about marrying that up with benefit information. And I'm making decisions all day long and the first two things I ask are, what does it cost and what are the benefits? And as an industry, we just haven't been able to provide both of those data points yet.
1: What will change that? What will close that gap, do you think, Doug?
2: Uh, I think maybe some legislation. Um, I think people get the idea that we need the data to, to analyze and visualize it. But uh, unfortunately, data and systems are often like guns. You can have them when you pry them out of people's cold, dead fingers. (laughs) Uh, I literally have had battles within my own organizations to access data when I was trying to make people look good. You would think it would be an easy sell. Like, hey, (laughs) just give me your data. I want to make you look good. And and it's still kind of a who are you, what do you want our data for, what are you going to do with it? So Mm -hmm. uh, there's talk in the CFO Council about a CFO Act of 2020. Uh, One of the things I'm lobbying for is a a, a blanket statement that uh, the CFO should have access to all data within those organizations.
1: Do you think that will work even if there's a law, though? I mean, we've seen plenty of instances over the years in various types of governance where Congress writes and the president signs something that says you have to do A, B, and C, and the agencies just go, well, we don't want to, and nobody really calls them on it. I mean, that's my fear about something like you're suggesting, as well-intentioned and desirable as it is, that if the culture is such that people won't do it when you're trying to make them look good, what's a law going to do that maybe, with all due respect, there won't be consequences yeah. if they don't
2: comply? Actually, I, I appreciate the candidness of that, that question. And It's a valid point. I kind of look at it, though, like a genie. Once it's out of the bottle, it's going to spread. You'll never get it back in. Um, if, we get, if that law was put out there, I'm sure there's some enterprising CFOs mm-hmm. that would jump on it. Mm. They'd get that data. They'd do some good things with it. And they'd be out there like like me bragging about it anywhere they can. And then there's other CFOs out there like me would be like, "Hey, I want to be able to do that." Yeah. And they'd start pushing for it, and they they will call in favors when and where they can, to uh, mm-hmm. to uh, add that value.
0: Well, well, you know, Francis, I'm going to have to say it, but the Foundations for Evidence
1: Based oh, Policy Making <laughs> Act. You really are filling in for Robert. <laughs> I really am, right? Do I have to but, call you commissioner? No, no no, no, no,
0: you won't, you, you don't, you don't, there's only one commissioner,
1: but no, it Fortunately, co- there were many, <laughs> and he's not the yes, only one. That's true,
0: that's true. It <laughs> the, uh, they, they codified the CDO position, a chief data officer, right, in yes. all of the agencies, and so... How has that started and uh, you know within dod was there already a a chief data officer before the act and then how could you partner with the chief data officer maybe to um address some of some of the needs that we're talking about
2: very good point that's actually been a a great success story there was a chief there is a chief data officer at department of defense it's a guy named michael conlon who's just a wonderful guy i actually consider him a modern renaissance man Um, he's the guy who gave me the concept of hey Go after the data you need. What is success? And then go after the data that measures it. Um, And it's been a great collaborative working ship because he's in charge of of providing value and driving reform and, and, and ultimately conducting business more efficiently. And we have a lot of the, most of the data that he needs that allows him to do that analysis. So he supports us in getting data and we support him in giving that data and then doing analysis that drives insights and ultimately makes a better Department of Defense.
1: Do you expect to see a snowball effect among those people that you talked about that are more hesitant to share data when they see the success stories that you're talking about? I mean, these are pretty compelling stories. I think think
2: they are, too. You know, I don't
1: know if it's going to be a snowball as opposed to a rising
2: tide that kind of, what's that quote, a rising tide floats all boats? all boats. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's going to slowly roll in, and it's going to grow with time, and it's just going to become a, a standard and a norm.
1: What do you think will be the big breakthroughs that we'll see in the next two to five years, either as a result of legislation, as a result of momentum? What kind of landmarks do you think people should be looking for or expecting to see in this field? Costs and
2: benefits, I think, together are a big one. You know, I've, I've done a lot of presenting about data analysis and visualization and information and One of the the, uh, sadder but valid points is I put up a statement of net cost. And these are accountants that I'm talking to. And I ask a simple question. Are the numbers on this statement of net cost good? And with a room of accountants, nobody has ever been able to tell me, yes, those numbers are good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's a fundamental principle financial statement. Now, the value is not in the the numbers. It's being able to compile them and having the internal controls and uh, financial integrity. But I would love to see, I think it would be a landmark moment if we could produce Statements of some type that really are useful. Hey, America, where are we? Where are we spending your money? Who are the vendors we're spending it with? What are the object classes we're spending it on? What are the programs we're spending it on? What are the on?
0: benefits? And what are the benefits? Yep. So,
2: another slide I talk about uh, the Park Service. So, for example, uh, I think it was 2017. The Park Service cost 3.1 billion dollars. Is that good? You might think it is. You might not. But what if I told you that 3.1 billion bought you 397 national parks? visited two hundred and seventy nine million times and also purchased the preservation of seventy one thousand archaeological sites that preserve our cultural heritage now i don't know if that meets your cost-benefit mm-hmm. test yeah but you've got a lot more information now to start mm-hmm. to make that decision with mm-hmm.
1: yeah and you're not just looking at that point then at we have this many employees and they cost blah 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 all yeah. that kind of jazz mm-hmm. yeah you're understanding yeah. what the outcome is mm-hmm. i think it, Maybe it's been the last five, ten years, I think, where the government's gotten really good at focusing mm-hmm. on outcomes versus outputs. I'd, and that's exactly what you're talking we about. We certainly have like focused on it. I'm, I'm not sure I'm there. We've gotten good Okay, at better. It. Right. Better, yes. <laughs> better, okay. Yes.
0: So you yeah. mentioned the financial statements and, and you know, what could change in them. You, DOD's... Still, uh, still undergoing audit, yes. right, and you know, do you believe the audit will provide a value so that then the numbers could get used or, you know, wh- wh- where is this trade-off between auditing financial statements to get to some certainty that the numbers, you know, are correct and what we're talking about here of how do you show benefit to what we're doing? You well,
2: I think the, the short answer is good data. There's no doubt audit drives a discipline in how we capture, record, and report data and, in, and turn it into information. Now, statements make that financial information, but the audit drives the internal control and the processes that ultimately help data integrity. We there There's exceptions, but by and large, at least in the financial area, DOD has not done a good job of relying on that data. We just haven't had to. But now we do. We're being held accountable for good data because of the audit. And once we get that good data, we can analyze it and we can visualize it and we can learn things Mm -hmm. that will help us get ahead of other future problems or ultimately just provide better value and better operational readiness.
1: What did you learn from the first audit about the quality of the data that you got from various organizations? I'm sure it was all varying degrees of good to not so good, but were there kind of common themes about what you learned about your data and your ability to pull it in from various sources through the audit?
2: You know, Francis, the the findings really weren't Focused directly on the data, they're more on our processes sure. and our internal controls. I mean, we did learn we don't we don't have good system accountability over our assets. We don't always know we know we've got it somewhere, but mm-hmm. we don't know exactly where. At least our system doesn't reflect that. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the most of the findings are on IT access controls, segregation of duties, our processes, uh, recording things that we don't have support for. Um, uh, the, uh, the the eight 2018 uh, audit turned up 2,500 notices of findings and recommendations and 20 material weaknesses, and that's not all of it. That's just all that we got to last year. Uh, so it's a long-winded answer to say it really wasn't focused on the data, sure. but the good data will naturally flow out of the improved processes and internal controls.
1: Can someone tell what's good data and what's quality, clean data when they see it? Often, not, yes. I, I think that's kind of what I'm asking, but... You understand so, what I mean? Yeah. Like we, um, when I was an interior,
2: we wanted to visualize our real property. Uh-huh. We actually hold a lot of buildings. DOI, is, it's, it's, I mean, they hold 20% of the land mass in the United States. And when we looked at our where our buildings were located, we found that we had a few in the middle of the uh, Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> you know what? There was some bad data there. That's probably <laughs> bad data. And we also found out that we had a million square feet of, uh, uh, of family housing in Arizona. No, we didn't. Probably not. We had a hundred thousand. There was an extra zero typed in there. So, um, yes, when you visualize that data, some of the outliers pop out, and you can definitely tell you've got bad data. Um, sometimes I think good data is kind of like art. You know it when you see it, and it yeah. or like a good scientific formula. You
1: know, it just it's simple and it flows and it makes sense. Um, we're gonna we're about to wrap up, but you've got one of these pins on. Yes, that it's kind of hard to see on the podcast, but. <laughs> they're they're red and it says, "Are you cyber aware?" Talk about the intersection between cybersecurity and the data realm that you live in every day. Cybersecurity
2: is just making sure the right people are in our systems with the right level of access. Um, and to be honest with you, cybersecurity ultimately re- was the single largest source of findings in the audit last year. Almost 25% of our NFRs were on access control and segregation of duties within our systems. Hey, hey come on we're the Department of Defense if there's anything we should be leading out there cybersecurity is it so you know i, I i'm we're, we we're pursuing solutions now on this and it's it's actually a, a really easy sell cuz i'm standing up there going hey look this is not just an audit thing this is national security we're talking about um, you know the the link that comes to mind and it's not the uh, the probably the strongest one but is You know, if you got a disgruntled employee, not everybody leaves their job, you know, happy. If they still have access to systems, they can do a lot of damage. They can put a lot of bad data in there, or they could commit fraud if they if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. In some cases, and then you've got a real problem. That's a black eye for the organization. Mm -hmm. That you're going to have to redirect resources to to plug up those holes and make sure it never ever happens again.
0: Doug, we're here at the AGA, the Professional Development Training yeah. Conference, and 2,500 people amazing. registered is awesome. amazing, right? Yep. Past, you're a past national president. I am. Yep. And so how have you seen AGA evolve? And maybe just talk a little bit about how they have helped the community, federal, state, and local. And, um, you know, what, what, what does AGA do?
2: Well, for, for selfish reasons and just for the good of the industry reasons, I mean, it's, it's the networking opportunities. You know, I, was, I had a, a career moment a few months ago, it was right after I started at DOD, and I, we went to GAO to talk about uh, our audit results. And we're sitting at the room waiting for Gene Daddaro, the comptroller. And he comes in, and he starts to sit down, and he sees me. He's like, I heard you're at DOD. Gets up, walks around the table, and shakes my hand. And there's still that little staff account to me like, holy cow, that's the, that's the comptroller of the United States. He just shook my hand. But it's because we had met at, at, at uh, AGA events years ago, and, and we had, I had asked him questions, and you know, we had just kind of talked to periodically at these events. It's the neat thing about these events. You, can, you, you have access to people that normally you just you, you wouldn't in your career, mm-hmm. not to mention just having the relationships and people to call that we are dealing with a problem. Hey, how did right. you approach this? Or if you've got a candidate for a job and you're not familiar with them and you want some, some, uh, a reference check, you know, having somebody to yeah. call and say, hey, what's the story here is just invaluable. So
0: it's all positive collisions. It's a great place yeah. where you can have a lot of positive collisions and, and good can come from and
2: it. And I'm, I'm very happy to say the the session I was talking in this morning, there's probably, I'm going to say, about 150 people. I said, just by show of hands, how many people were in from DOD? And it was half the room. That's great. I have never seen DOD so well represented at this event. And it's needed because we need to talk to those people in the other sister agencies that have been on the other side of the clean opinion.
1: Doug, go. congratulations on all the great stuff you're doing Thank at the department. It's great to have you here. Uh, thanks for joining us.
2: Oh, my pleasure. It was a lot of fun.
1: Thank you, Doug. A very admirable yeah. job
2: Thank uh, you for very guest much.
1: hosting. And, I and I've never it. been a fan of that filling in for. That's kind of it's, cheesy. Yeah. No, you're I, the guest I, host. I, I you're would, the guest star so. of Heads. I, c- I could
0: be, be the co-host, third co-host, or third man in the booth. or <laughs> Maybe when Robert comes back, yeah. I don't leave. It's your thing. Thanks for listening to the Heads. brought to you by Grand Thornton Public Sector.